Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. So, ladies and gentlemen, Nathan's about to come on and just blow your mind. This guy has accomplished so much in the world of e-commerce, in the world of team building, hiring, outsourcing, epic, epic stuff. If you are out about making an impact, growing as an entrepreneur, growing your business, definitely freaking stay tuned, okay? It's going to be awesome. And scaling. If you want to scale, you want to make a bigger impact, let's go, okay? I'm talking to you first because you're becoming your greatest possible self. However I can support you with that, let's figure it out, okay? If you have different ideas for the show to keep it growing, let's discuss that. If you think you'd be a great guest, would love to meet you, get connected with you. If you want to launch your own podcast, I love helping our clients do that. Whatever it is, let's explore, let's play, let's have fun and make a big impact serving people, making lots of money in the process. That's what I'm all about. Let's be our greatest possible self. Cool? Cool. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. This week, it's by Stephanie Zito. Stephanie says, inspiring podcast. I love Chris's mission and attitude towards life. I gain a lot of great tips for self-development and running my business through this content. Thanks so much, Stephanie. I appreciate you. If you want to give us a review on the podcast, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the podcast store, Apple podcast store and any other platform that you listen to your podcast on, definitely subscribe so you can get all the latest episodes. We got new stuff coming out all the time. We also got our Bali Flow and Fire Retreat coming up here in November, specifically for people who are like working their butts off and you need some time to recharge, reconnect, and rejuvenate to step into your greatest possible self. Your best year ever for 2020, and uh, there's a lot more. can tell you a little bit more about that, but let's talk. Let's have a conversation, and thank you so much for staying tuned. I'm going to introduce Nathan in just a sec here. Grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. There's going to be some great scaling strategies and uh, powerful wisdom I'm sure Nathan has accumulated over his years of being just this amazing leader. So stay tuned all the way through till the end because one idea, one of these things has the power to change your life forever. Okay, so stay tuned. Let's introduce Nathan. Nathan Hirsch is a 30-year-old, 10-year entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He started his first e-commerce business out of his college dorm room and has sold over $30 million online. He is now the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp.com, a marketplace that connects businesses with pre-vetted virtual assistants, freelancers, and agencies in e-commerce, digital marketing, and much more. He regularly appears on leading podcasts such as Entrepreneur on Fire and speaks at live events and online hiring tactics. And we're blessed to have his wisdom here with us today to help us level up as entrepreneurs. And Nathan, are you ready to rock the house, my man? I am ready and I am pumped to be here. I love it. I love it, man. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you, bro. And let's dive right into the theme of today, which is a life of greatness, man. What does that mean to you? What does a life of greatness mean to you, Nathan? It, it's funny because I grew up when I wanted to be an, when I was younger and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I felt like it was all about money, and I feel like a lot mm. of entrepreneurs they they kind of go through that. I mean, yeah. my parents growing up were teachers. We weren't poor. We weren't rich. I went to to town with all these all these people that had parents that were doctors, lawyers, dentists. So I, you always kind of want what you don't have a little right. bit, and then right. you kind of get it. You go through this little honeymoon period, and then you realize that. Being at the top by yourself is really not that much fun. It's not that much rewarding. You don't sleep that well at night. And <laughs> and that's kind of why I got out of the pushing products game. And yeah. to me, it's all about growing at the top. If I get to the top, I want my business partner to be there. I want my team to be there. I want my partners. I want my clients. I want everyone to grow with you. And I think those are the kind of things that, that people respect when they're working with other entrepreneurs. And, and, and it's one of those things that as you get older, you kind of realize that all the people around you are way more important than how much money is in your bank account. 
Wow, dude, that's so powerful. And I love what you said that a lot of entrepreneurs go through that phase. They go through that phase of thinking money is the, the ultimate goal. That's what I get to be focusing on. I get to you know, heal my money stories and journey and stuff like that, like all this inner work, which I think there's the truth to that. And it's like, what are we focusing on? If we're focused on serving people, loving the people around us, making sure that they're winning, like being a great leader, I think that like there's so much more fulfillment and impact and, and results that we actually even produce when we take that focus. So I, I love that that man it's super powerful appreciate it yeah dude it's it, being an entrepreneur is so much fun too there, there's so much like ups and downs and, and meeting <laughs> and networking and helping people and you gotta you gotta look big picture when you're doing everything yeah dude i love it so tell us a little bit more about free up and what you're doing uh, with that today man yeah so I, I mentioned my parents were both teachers when i got to college i i kind of wanted to get away from the whole go to school get a real job work for 30 years and retire thing even though that's what they did and they're retired now and they're traveling the world and they're loving life and i just knew that 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 wasn't for me so yeah. i started hustling i started buying and selling people's textbooks i i created a little referral program competing with my school bookstore ended up getting a cease and desist letter from my school and wow. telling me to knock it off and mm -hmm me getting kicked out of college with my parents being teachers wasn't really an option. I didn't want to do that. So I, I pivoted pretty quick. I had learned about Amazon. This was back in 2008 before wow. people knew what Amazon was. Being an Amazon seller wasn't really a thing. So I got in at a really good time and I, I started experimenting with everything besides books, uh, outdoor equipment, video games, computers, your typical college guy stuff. Right. And I, I just failed over and over and over. And it wasn't until I found the baby product industry that my business took off and I sold over a million dollars in my first year. And if you can imagine me as a 20 year old single college guy selling baby products on Amazon, that was me. And <laughs> it was a, a wild time. It was exciting. I was an entrepreneur. I, I had to start hiring people and managing people and all this stuff. And, but for that first year, I was doing everything myself. And I remember meeting with an accountant because I had to pay taxes for the first time. My parents really pushed me to do that. And they, my accountant told me, hey, when are you going to hire your first person? Hmm. And I kind of like shrugged them off. Like, why would I do that? That's money out of my pocket. They're going to steal my ideas. They're going to hurt my business. Mm -hmm. Pretty standard entrepreneurial stuff. And yep. he just laughed in my face. And he said, you're going to learn this lesson on your own. Well, sure enough, my first busy season came around. And I am doing everything myself. I just get destroyed. I'm working mm. 20 hours a day. My social life plummets. My grades go down. I'm trying to keep this business. I work so hard the entire year for just mm. to survive, to get to January. And I do it. I get there. I work my butt off. And I think to myself, man, I can never let that happen again. I need to start mm. hiring people. Yeah. So I'm 20. I know nothing about hiring. I post a job on Facebook. And this guy in my business law class messages me, says, hey, I need a job. I don't know what you do. I say you're hired. I didn't even interview. Ends up being an unbelievable hire. He's hardworking. He's smart. Hits the ground running. Makes my job easier. He's been my business partner, Connor, for like eight years now. He's co-owner of FreeUp. So I hit jackpot right there. Awesome. And there I am thinking, man, this hiring thing is easy. You post a job on Facebook. Someone shows up. You make more money. And I just <laughs> proceed to make bad hire after bad hire after bad <laughs> hire. Just quickly getting frustrated, losing all my hair. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I quickly give up hiring in person. No one wants to work for me when I'm 20 in person. I go to the remote hiring world, the Upworks, the Fibers. And yeah. it was okay. Hired some pretty good people, people that are still with me today. Yeah. But I also just hated the process. I hated posting a job, getting 50 people to apply, interviewing them one by one. And I wanted something faster. So I kept looking and when I couldn't find a platform like that, I said, you know what, I'll build it myself. And the concept of FreeUp is we get thousands of applicants every week, virtual assistants, freelancers, agencies from all over the world. We vet them, top 1% get on our platform, make them available to people quickly whenever they need them. Speed as an entrepreneur is important. Yep. And on the back end, 24-7 support in case people have even the smallest issue and a, a no turnover guarantee. If someone quits, we cover replacement costs. And I tried to take everything that I liked about the other platforms and change everything that I didn't like. And that's kind of the story of how I went from a broke college kid to books to baby products to a freelancer platform.
Dude, Nathan, there's so much gold in there, man. I, I love the the journey and some of the biggest like lessons you learned about like hiring and also the pain that you experienced from it and going through these different freelancing uh, sites, sites and contracting sites and being able to say, hey, that's not quite what I want and create something that solves a need. You know, you found that like it's a pain in the ass sometimes for a lot of people. So like let's let's find a way to alleviate that pain. I want to go back to those days in the college uh, environment because I think there's gold there. A lot of people want to know in the beginning, like, how do we get through that stuff? Um, what would you say is it that changed from when you were messing up in the different products that you were trying on Amazon to the baby, uh, baby products? Like what changed in your mindset, your approach, your strategy? What changed? Yeah, in terms of actually getting sales, and I wish I had a better answer to this. I mean, Amazon was so new. There was no Amazon software. No one knew the Amazon algorithm. It, it, it was more lock it and just trial and error than anything else. I mean, mm. I, back then I would throw products on Amazon and they would either sell or they wouldn't. And if they wouldn't, I would take them down and, and try other products. Now, mm. if you want to think logically of why baby products took off, I mean, if you think of the biggest industries, funeral homes, they're probably not number one. Everyone uses that. And below that is probably baby and home goods and mm. stuff that, that a lot of people buy that no matter how what the economy does, and this was back in 2008, 2009, so the economy was going through a rough patch, yeah. people aren't cutting their kids off from supplies when, when the economy goes down. So yeah. it was a good industry at the time, and I, I think the margins had a little bit to do with it too. If, if I'm selling a video game, it's $60 at one store, $60 in another store. No one's going to go on Amazon and pay $120. So right. there's, there's some factors there as well. Yeah, dude, that's powerful. What what experience did you gain in that time that you feel really has benefited you at FreeUp? Like, what what did you, what wisdom did you gain then that really you you're implementing now and is making a huge difference for you in FreeUp? So I never had a real job after college, but I had two internships when I was in in middle and the middle school through freshman year of college. And the one I worked at the longest was Firestone. And at Firestone, I had this manager, really the only manager I've ever worked for. And he was a good manager in terms of numbers. He was a terrible manager in terms of actually managing people. He would micromanage. He would look over the shoulder of people. He would yell at you. He'd make you nervous and uncomfortable and no one wanted to work there. And you just felt pressured all the time. Well, me starting my own business, hiring people for the first time, that's the only manager I'd ever seen. So in my mind, that's how, that's the type of manager that I'm going to be. So when, when I'm working with people and I'm making my first and second hire, I'm micromanaging. I'm looking over people's shoulders. I'm yelling. I'm not handling things professionally. And it showed in the numbers. Our turnover rate was through the roof. And mm -hmm. I, my business partner, Connor, who is the most even keeled, nice person you'll ever meet. He's never said anything bad in his entire life. And I'm much more of like a high energy up and yeah. down yeah. all over the place. So he's telling me, he's like, Nate, you got to change. You can't talk to people like that. You can't communicate like that. You can't run meetings like that. Like no one wants to work here. And it wasn't until this third consecutive person quit for the exact same position. And I had wasted months and months and months investing in these people and they kept walking out the door. And so I asked this person for an exit interview. And I don't know if you've ever done an exit interview before, but there's only one type an incredibly uncomfortable. One, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're sitting across the table from someone, they're pissed at you, you're pissed at them. And I just asked him feedback and I just listened. And this guy hit me to my core. He told me everything that was wrong with my business, my interview process, my management style, how I run meetings, the culture I created, the, my leadership. He just crushed me. And I should have written that guy a check right there because that, that information was so valuable. And the funny thing is, is the, the last thing that, that I, or the last thing he told me is kind of stuck with me even to this day. And he said, this, in the three months I've worked here or whatever it was, this is the first time you've ever asked me for my feedback. Mm. I was like, wow, that's that's a really good point. So now I, I took that feedback, all of it, and, and slowly started to adjust and change and actually try, try to become a better manager, become a better leader, and, and try to forget all the stuff I learned from that manager back in the day. And wow. I had my I had Connor constantly giving me reminders if I ever started to mm. kind of go back to that that old Nate and it was funny. Uh, I, we were talking today. We have these Skype groups with freelancers, and they're totally optional. We just we, we post tickets and reminders. And um, we, today I had like a, a conversation about where would you rather travel. And all these freelancers are like, oh, I want to meet you, Nate. You're like, you're so nice, blah, 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 which is great. And I love them. I have a great relationship with a freelancer. But in my mind, I'm like, if you knew me eight years ago, you wouldn't be saying that about me. So wow. it, it's kind of it's come a long way. 
That's that's incredible, dude. I love it. So uh, I want to fast forward to FreeUp and launching that. Like, what were some of those biggest lessons when you were launching FreeUp? Uh, and like, if you could go back and change things about how you how you did it, what would you change? So I would say the thing we did well is we just got that minimum viable product out there as mm. fast as possible. We we I created I spent five thousand dollars on this very very basic software. It did really nothing. The client the freelancers could start time end time. The clients could see the freelancer in their account, and that was it. They couldn't submit requests. There was no affiliates. There was no profiles. Um, clients would email me when they wanted something, but it was great because once we got to market. We started getting this feedback um, and the feedback helped us adjust and we read the market rather than thinking of this grand idea in our head and going to market and, and crossing our fingers and, and hope that it worked out. Yeah. So what ended up happening was the, the service around the platform was awesome. Our customer service was great. It's something I believe in. It's definitely a strong suit of mine. Yeah. People love the freelancers. They love the speed. They love the efficiency. But the software always lagged behind because we could get away with it. We had this software that people were using here and there. They weren't really using it. Well, that caught up with us because by the end of year one, people are like, wow, this platform is awesome in all of these ways, but your software looks like it's from 1998 and it just doesn't <laughs> it doesn't match the rest of the business. Right. So it took a mindset shift of like, we're a software company. We need to start acting like a software company. We need to hire developers and quality assurance and have mm. a scrum and have different, have an actual like plan. And so for, for us, it took us a good six months to transition the business into that software company. And if I could do it over again, I mean, that would have been the focus once we proved our minimum viable product to hit the ground running right from the beginning. And I think even today, we're constantly feeling like we're we're just behind in the software because there's so much you can do. And yeah. we also just didn't get that much of a head start. Wow, dude, that's so powerful. And I love, I think like it's you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I did the, the, the right thing. It sounds like you did the right thing. You focused on the people, you focused on the environment, you focused on like what needed to be the minimum viable product, just like launching and, and serving people well. But the software was kind of like, yeah, I know we should be doing more on that, but hey, we got all this other stuff that we're juggling right now. So like if you could change anything, you would just put a little bit more focus on that, got more clarity so that you can, can have more more like just like confidence and better delivery for your for your tribe for your community to make sure that they're getting what they want and put those things in place earlier but overall it sounds like you had a, a as as good of an experience as you could have like and and were successful and there might have been some couple things about the software that you know could be improved yeah i mean with free up and we've been fortunate knock on wood i mean we've grown pretty rapidly over the past three years, we've had, yes, of course there's downs. There's been weekends where our software goes down and it sucks <laughs> and everyone comes in and fixes it. But for the most part, there hasn't been any like devastating moment where we, we thought everything was going to blow up. Mm. Now, if we want to talk devastating moments, going back to my Amazon business, yeah. there, around year like 1.5-ish, mm. I, I had had Connor, I had hired this one person and I was going to make him my manager of the day. That was my brilliant idea. I was going to teach him how to do everything. And I spent six months teaching this person. I taught him how to do customer service and listing and repricing. Again, there's no Amazon software back then. So everything is manual. Yeah. And so I, I get it to a great place. I'm sleeping better at night. The business is running without me. It's on autopilot. This guy is trained. He's ready to go. He's answering every emails. I remember wow. the day I woke up and I didn't have to answer customer service emails anymore. Yes. <laughs> and on the flip side, I had this, this manufacturer that was like 80, 85% of our sales. And I said, you know what? I don't care about the other manufacturers. Let's just focus on this guy. This is where we're making all our money. So we have one manufacturer, we have one person running everything, mm. business on autopilot. And I say, you know what, Connor, like we deserve a vacation. Let's book an awesome trip. So we book a trip to Myrtle Beach and I'll never go back. On the first <laughs> day of my vacation, I get three phone calls. One from my manager of the day telling me he was quitting on me. So <gasps> six months of training out the drain. Second from the manufacturer telling me they no longer want to do business with us. So our entire revenue stream just gone. And then third, from my accountant telling me someone had filed a fake tax return in my name, stolen $40,000 from the government, my identity was stolen, and I was going to have to deal with that mess when I got home. Oh, my gosh. So I go from this unbelievable high of I'm this 21-year-old entrepreneur, no one can touch me, to let's start everything all over again. And oh I learned a, a very valuable lesson about um, diversification and, and not putting all my eggs in one basket. And I'm so happy I, I learned that lesson in year one and two and not in year seven, eight, nine. 
Um, but we came back. We said, all right, we need to start contacting lots of manufacturers. And we ended up building relationships with over 200, 300 manufacturers. And on the hiring side, once it was ready to hire again, we said, all right, two people for customer service, two people for listing, two people for graphic design. If one person quit and it wouldn't be the last person that quit on me, it wasn't that big of a deal to replace them just for that particular task. So that was really my my entrepreneurial devastating week. Damn, dude, that is that's nuts. Like to have all that happen at once. But if we're not prepared for those stuff, that those things, it'll cripple us, you know. And like I feel a lot of the journey is just learning through trial and error, like you said earlier. And how can you how can you plan for something like that? Like that's like to to anticipate that it's really difficult. But looking back, you're like, okay, now here's what I would have done differently. And you know, thank God for social media and podcasts and interviews and all this content, trainings, software, things that we can use to really like alleviate those problems and uh, mitigate the risk before we even like get down that road, man. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's when you're an entrepreneur, there, there's so much just ups and downs. And I feel like that, that first few years you're like, Oh my God, I'm on top of the world. And then you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to go homeless. And then you eventually just get numb to all of it. And yeah. when something goes great, you're like, all right, we got to keep the pedal in the metal and keep it going forward. And when things are going poorly, you got to look at the big picture. All right, let's problem solve. We're going to, we're going to fight our way out of it. So that's a, um, that's kind of what we're looking what what my mentality is. Real quick, are we recording? Because usually there's a button, a thing on Zoom that says you're recording. I yeah, seen yeah, it. it's it's being broadcasted out to Facebook Live, man. I I got it. We're we're all, all right, good. Cool. Wanted, <laughs> before you kept going for another forty minutes, I wonder. <laughs> Nathan's like, come on, I've I've done this before. I'm not doing it again. I'm not gonna miss that recording button. <laughs> yes, yes. So I've done like two hundred podcasts, and there's probably been like two or three of them that we get to the end, and they're like, oh, we forget to hit the record button. So when I have my own podcast, like five minutes in, I have a reminder that goes. Yep. yep. That's my biggest fear is I get some big name guest on the show and then at the end I'm like, oh, by the way, none of that mattered. I, now I need to waste another hour of your time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I love it. I love the the checking in with it, man. I, I think that's that's something that's valuable about a leader. It's like if something comes up and you have a concern, like to speak it, to voice it, you know. I think a lot of leaders are just hoping everything works out, but you've gone through so many challenges and obstacles, you're like, hey, I'm gonna make sure that this is going the way that I want it to, it's going correct, and and like checking in. I wouldn't say it's micromanaging, but it's just like it's checking in, you know, it's asking for that feedback. And I think you've learned through that. So that's what an amazing demonstration that you have learned that that feedback skill. Super powerful, man. Uh, I want to talk about free up and uh, you know, specifically the value of getting uh, you know, a contractor, hiring people, bringing in the team. Like what what do you need to say? What do you want to say to the entrepreneurs out there? People who are like tired of doing it on their own. They're wanting to to grow their company. Maybe they might have an employee or a couple employees or some contractors already, but they just they want to expand even more. What do you have to say to them, man? Yeah. So, I mean, my first thing is you're never going to get that, that perfect timing, right. To hire someone, mm-hmm. right. Everyone wants to hit the nail on the head. Like this is that exact moment that I need someone. You're, you're either going to hire too late or too early. That's the bottom <laughs> line. You got to pick which one you're comfortable with. And yeah. some people that they're more risk adverse, they, they, they're okay waiting and, and go doing it themselves for longer. Other people that they see that opportunity cost, they don't want to miss it. And they hire a little bit early, but for me, it's about setting that budget, looking up, hey, how much money did I make last month? And how much money do I want to invest into my business? And mm. if you're going all out, you're trying to build that empire, maybe you're investing 40, 60% of your money into hiring. And if you're more conservative and we're all in a different place in our life and in our business, maybe it's 10 to 30%. But mm. figure out what that number is. If it's 20%, the next month you can go up 5%, down 5%. But if you don't even know what your budget is, the last thing you want to do is is hire all these people, implement them, spend your time, your energy, your money. And then you look at next month's report and you're like, wow, I spent way more than I wanted to. And then you, you have to backtrack and make moves and, and waste a lot of time. So mm. figuring out that budget is key. That's the first part. And the second part is understanding there's three different types of people that you can hire. You've got the followers, you got the doers, and you got the experts. So the followers think five to $10 an hour, non-US, these are your quote unquote virtual assistants, although that, that can mean a lot of different things. They have years of experience if you get them on free up, but at the end of the day, they're there to follow your systems, your processes. Mm. Then you got the mid-level, the specialists, the graphic designers, the bookkeepers, the writers, they're doing the same thing eight to 10 hours a day. Mm. They're, you're not teaching a graphic designer how to be a graphic designer, but they're not consulting with you either. They're there to get projects off your plate. Mm. And then you got the experts, the 20 and up, high-level freelancers, consultants, agencies that 
bring their own systems, their own processes, their own strategies. They can execute high-level game plans. They can project manage. And what you have to do is figure out, okay, this is my budget. Yes, do I need a, a full-time, part-time? Can I only afford project-based? But more importantly, where are you in your business? Are you someone that's mm. stuck in the day-to-day operations and you need to figure out how do I get those hours back so yeah. I can focus on the, the sales, the marketing, the execution? Are you someone where these projects are just building up and you shouldn't be doing your own WordPress site? You shouldn't be building your, your those infographics for a conference and you need to be knocking those projects off? Or are you at something where, yes, you could spend the next six months learning how to be a Facebook ad expert. Mm-hmm. I'm a reasonably smart person. I could probably do that if I put my mind to it. But that's probably not a good use of my time as an entrepreneur. And I can't do that with every part of my business. The, the average entrepreneur has one to three core competencies. And I need to be doing those for as long as possible and hire people to execute the other things and hit the ground running without me building a process right from the beginning. So. Mm-hmm. Figuring out the budget and, and the plan and then figuring out where you, what you actually need to hire first is what entrepreneurs should be doing. Wow. That's powerful, man. I love the, the three different categories so that we know, hey, who's the person that we need? Number one, like what level, what, what level do we um, have the capacity for, but also like where are we at in our business? Where, where is our revenue? Where is our time being allocated? Where is our genius zone? How much are we operating in that or out of that? That's powerful, man. And in terms of when someone's ready to go to free up, and that's F R E E E up.com uh, with three E's, which I love. <laughs> it's uh, it's awesome, man. Um, when they're ready to go there, like what what kind of resources or training do you have for them, or just like value add to help them be a better you know entrepreneur, hire better, choose the right people better? Like what can they experience when they go to your site, man? Yeah, so we have a Facebook group called Outsourcing Masters that I post a lot of great content in to help you no matter what level you're hiring. In the files of that group is our eBooks. I have a free version of, of my book, Free Up Your Business, uh, and, and a bunch of stuff off there. Um, we also, at the top of the website, is like my calendar, my assistant's calendar. My assistants are in the Philippines. They're rock stars. They speak perfect English. You can meet with them. You can ask them what it's like to be a freelancer and, and learn from them. So, mm-hmm. And I got them from my own platform. Um, so that's there. And then we also created, a, this is recent, if you go to freeup.com slash menu, we, we took real requests that people put into our platform and we took, like, we kind of spread it out. So everything like customer service, marketing, and all that. So people can see examples of, of requests that we normally get. And then you can kind of treat it like a menu ordering McDonald's. You can be like, hey, I want a number three, 33, but I only need five hours a week instead of 10 hours a week. So it kind of makes it easier for you once you are ready to hire to kind of have that baseline that you can grow on from there. And we post a, a lot of other stuff on, on our blog, our podcast, the Outsourcing and Scaling Show, um, where we interview seven, eight-figure entrepreneurs on how they outsource their business because yeah. I think my audience gets enough of, of how I do it. They want to hear how other people are doing it as well. Yeah. Um, and our, our the Free Up blog, where we post a lot of great content and have our partners guest post and all that as well. So trying to throw my mentality is I can get you really good people, but if you don't know what to do with those people mm-hmm. after the fact, it only does so much. So I try to put as much content as possible out there to, to help my audience. Yeah. So it's like really what, what you do when you hire someone, what's like the onboarding process? How do you teach them systems? How do you hold them accountable? Is that kind of stuff that you get into? Yeah. Interview questions. How, mm. how do you treat a, a follower opposed to, to an expert? Because if you go in to hire an expert and you're like, hey, follow my system, follow my process, that's not going to go too well. So just, just figuring out the, the right strategies and I, I'm always trying new things. I mean, I just started um, creating these like one to two minute videos explaining stuff like how fixed pricing works on the platform and and, and just for my assistance for the community. And so I shared like how it was going. This is a brand new thing I'm experimenting with. It might it might completely bomb, but just showing people how how I'm trying to make it easier and better on the hiring side and other people can take that and tweak it and make it their own and, and, and apply it to their business in whatever way that makes sense. That's great, man. Um, Nate, what do you say is is common feedback from your clients and customers of FreeUp? Uh, what what are some of the, like the raving things that they say about your service and like why they love it? Yeah, I mean, I think the the speed and customer service is the biggest thing. At least, mm-hmm. um, I mean, those are the reviews that, that kind of make me proud as an entrepreneur. Because when I started off this platform, as you can tell, I talk fast, I move fast. It's all about efficiently efficiency. So when I need a graphic designer today. I need a graphic designer today. I can't wait three weeks to interview a hundred people. So when someone says they got someone really good right away, they got started within hours. Those are the kinds of things that, that, that I'm proud of. And and then customer service. I mean, 
I'm in an imperfect industry, right? Like the, the best freelancer in the world isn't the best fit for every single client in the world. And if I introduce a graphic designer to 10 different clients, nine of them might love them. The other one might think they're terrible. So mm. there's a certain element of personal preference. And 99% of the time that the freelancers on the platform make me look really good. They're one of the reasons that we've been able to grow and clients keep coming back. And there's always going to be that 1%. And when that stuff happens, we, we just jump in quickly. We make it right. So each mm. party is taken care of. And we move forward. And that's kind of the, the attitude that, that I want our customer service team to have. So when, when I see someone like, hey, you know what, that, that first freelancer wasn't a fit or I got overbilled two hours and, and free up mm-hmm. just gave me a credit and got me someone mm-hmm. else. Like that, that's the kind of stuff that, that, that I, I want our reputation to be. And I don't want that to change as we get bigger. Yeah. That's that's great, man. I love how you, you're living your, your um, you know, your message of freeing people up from from the stress from the overwhelm it's like when you can just like nip those issues in the bud get them taken care of and say hey well, don't don't worry we'll make it all good and have people feel taken care of i think that's that's so powerful on the entrepreneurial journey there's so many things that stress us out that overwhelm us that you know kick our butt and so to have someone on our side like making sure that we're making things better that's that's awesome man um, i want to talk about the vision for free up and where you like are excited to see it go um, in the future like what what you're really out to create in the world with the with the company, man. I mean, we want to change the, the remote hiring industry. I mean, if you go back 20 years ago, no one was really hiring freelancers or virtual assistants, at least a lot of small business owners weren't. And then the Upworks, the Fivers, the, mm-hmm. the job boards came out. And now we've been doing it that way for a pretty long time. And and I want to come in and shake up that industry, more of a more personal matching, more personal vetting, less mm-hmm. less time on the client side. And that's really the way that I want to push that entire industry where where that kind of becomes the expectation and communication being a big part of it. Because I think the the, the people that have had bad experiences in the VA, in the freelancer industry, mm-hmm. no matter what platform it was on, it's all been about communication, right? Yeah. It's about freelancers that disappear, about freelancers that don't hit deadlines and don't communicate, that don't communicate emergency personal issues. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to raise that bar, raising that stair- that, that standard. If you don't communicate on our platform as a freelancer, you're going to get kicked off our platform relatively quickly. So for us, we're we're kind of raising the bar there and and resetting the client expectations. Mm. How do you provide training for the freelancers who, um, you know, serve, serve your customers and clients? So we don't provide any training for for freelancers. So, I mean, they they don't work for us. They're offering their service on our our platform. So it's not really our our mission to to train them or anything like that. And we only let freelancers on our platform that that have experience. We're looking for people that already have that talent. Now, Mm. we and I I described this in a a video I made the other day. There's almost two things. There are two things. There's the terms of use of the platform and there's best practices of the platform. So the terms of use is all payments have to be through the platform. You can't do anything illegal for clients, you whatever. So the stuff that if you do, it's against our terms of use, we kick you off. Then there's the best practices. And this is one of the things that I'm proud of is we don't force freelancers to do it our way whatsoever. They, they, they are independent business owners that we, as long as they keep the client happy and deliver on their word, mm-hmm. that, that's really all we care about. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we, I've been in this space for a while. I know what clients like and what they don't like. I talk to clients all day long. So we have a lot of resources in our help center, in our best practices to help people grow their freelancing business. And the people that tend to follow those best practices and whether it's communication or whatever it is, tend to make more money and get more clients, not just inside FreeUp, but they're not exclusive to us. They have clients outside FreeUp as well. So we provide those best practices to to help them. And, And it's one of those things that if they don't follow the best practices and they get client complaints, like there's not that much we can do to help. So um, that's kind of the position that, that we take. We're, we're not here telling people, hey, you have to do it this way or follow our process. Um, it's it just here. here's what we've seen as successful. And and a lot of them will, will, will use that and apply it to their freelance business in, in whatever way that makes sense. That's great, man. And, and I think that's, that's really what I meant about training, not necessarily that, hey, you have to go through this onboarding process to be, you know, qualified. Of course, they have to go through some kind of vetting process, right? But then after that, like the training, the ongoing training, hey, it's your personal initiative. If you want to be the best freelancer you can be, if you want to get the, the clients, if you want to, you know, like be able to win these, these like bids and stuff and, and uh, be able to generate your own business then like it's you have to follow those best practices to stand out because there's a lot of you know people out there who are going for the same gig the same business the same uh bid so i I think that's that's really powerful that you give them those resources to show up the best and have the best chance of of getting the business man 
for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fun. It's exciting. I mean, one of the things I'm most proud of is, is we paid out $6 million to, to freelancers last year wow. and that's people awesome. are showing me their, their houses, their cars, how they were provide for their family. I mean, that, that's way more fun than, than pushing baby products on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like the community. So community is super important for you and like making that impact for them, man. Uh, you mentioned you have like these Skype calls and things like that. What other ways do you create community with either the, the clients and the customers or the freelancers? What are some important things about community for you? Yeah, I mean, the Facebook group is there. In there, we, we have a lot of awesome clients that they, they share their own ways that they're using VAs and freelancers. And it's kind of cool seeing people who, who have done, done everything in their business for the past two years start to delegate for the first time and realize how powerful that is yeah. um, and, and share their experience with others. And, and on the freelancer side, I mean, it, it's totally optional. There are freelancers on our platform that do great. They make a ton of money on the platform. They made over $100,000 last year. And, and they, they, they want to do their own thing. They want to run their own business. That's totally cool. And we have Skype group chats with all the graphic designers, all the U.S., all the non-U.S., all the writers. We tried to break it down to put people with each other that had something in common and totally optional. If people want to be in it, they are. And like today, people are having a conversation of where they were traveling the world and what people want to go to. And some of these are digital nomads that, that don't even have a house that just move, they travel around the world doing freelance work for other people. And they were sharing like their stories. So it, it can be as much or as little as you want to be. I, I'm kind of in a unique position where... I don't want to. I don't want to force a community because at the end of the day, they're not my team. They don't work for me. They don't have to be there. And mm. and if they just want to get down to business all the time, I, I totally respect that. Mm. What's What's the difference between an employee and a freelancer? Someone that a, a contractor freelancer they would find on FreeUp. What What? Sorry. What's the difference the, between opposed to like outside FreeUp? Yeah. Yeah. Just like is 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 someone still considered an employee if they get a contractor through FreeUp? No, so we don't provide employees on our platform. We only have virtual assistants, freelancers, and agencies. If you work with someone on our platform and, and you want to make them an employee of your business, let's say you hire a U.S. person, and this has happened before, and you want to relocate them or make them a, a virtual employee, you can buy them off our platform. That, that's an option. Um, in terms of U.S. people, I mean, it's up to you to, to categorize them correctly. Um, for non-U.S., it's a little different. It doesn't matter as much. Um, and I don't want to get too technical into the legal side of it, but um, from our stance, if you're doing it through our platform, that they're going to be independent contractors. Okay, got it, got it. And would you say there's any advantage to to either one? Like, let's say someone's on the fence of saying, "Hey, I want to go through FreeUp.com and you know get a, a contractor, someone there, freelancer there," or I want to like just look for an employee. Like, can you share what the difference is, what the distinction is between those two? Yeah, I mean, a freelancer, let's talk U.S. only because okay. every every country is a little bit different. But U.S., I mean, freelancers, they're business owners. You have to treat them like business owners. You're going to be one of their many clients. You have to understand that. You have to respect that. They're going to have their own systems, their own processes. We only provide the mid-level and the expert-level U.S. freelancers. So we don't provide U.S. followers. So they're, they're not someone that you're going to take your systems and your process and, and shove it down their throat, where if you need someone for, and you want U.S. to answer your customer service or do whatever, you're probably going to hire a, a U.S. employee. So there, there's some different stuff there. And I think some people some people try to push that line too far. And that's why I try to remind people that like these are business owners. You have to treat them as such. That means they might have their own assistant. That means you're, they're going to have other clients at different times. They're going to be able to set their own due dates and their own working hours and, and all that kind of stuff. So just some things to keep in mind. Yeah, so it sounds like the the employee is more like rigid, boxed, like kind of a nine to five traditional model, and then a freelancer is, hey, this is someone who's going to get the work I need done at how, however they want to, basically, or however we agree upon in our communication and systems, and uh, they have they have more flexibility and more freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great, man. That's great. Um, so what what would you say it is that drives you to be an entrepreneur to grow free up? What what drives you, man? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I know the answer. I mean, I know what motivates me every day, and, and that's just the the community that that we built, the awesome freelancers, the awesome clients that I've built relationships with. I mean, it's cool seeing a client three years later that's tripled their business, ten times their business, whatever it is, and they they've done it using FreeUp as a, a support system for them, and just running into people at conferences that are like, "Oh my God, you're you're with FreeUp? Like I've been using you guys for two years." Because keep in mind, I don't talk to every single client. There are right. people that have been using my platform for years that, that I've never talked to. So, um, I mean, it, it, all of that is, is super rewarding. I know, I know I keep referencing back to the baby products, but it's so true. I mean, by five, by year five, six, seven of the Amazon business, I was done. I wanted out of that. I mean, wow. it was just, 
so much pushing products. Yes, I was making money, but I wasn't building anything. I wasn't selling my own product, my own brand. I was just kind of competing with Amazon's algorithm over and over and over again in circles to see how much I could sell. And I wasn't really helping anyone besides me, maybe my team and the manufacturer. So for for me, it's much more about that that big picture and growing something that's, that's sustainable. I mean, I want I want in ten years for people to still be making money and getting clients and posting jobs on free up. I mean, that that's what I want. That's beautiful. Did you um, have a thought to like create your own thing on Amazon or your own like product line, but then decided against it and went with the the free up model, the virtual assistants and and freelancers? Yeah. So. I didn't want to create a product that was just like a, another white label product. Again, right. just to make money, there, there, to me, there's no difference between what I was doing and just picking out some white label product that I'm right. still not passionate about that maybe isn't a baby product and I'd just be selling that. Right. So if I was going to do it, I, it would have to be a product that I'm really passionate about, something that solves a, a problem that I had. And mm. to be honest, there was just no product idea that I came up with that I was like, this is what I want to go gung-ho at for the next five years. So, I mean, if that had, if I had woken up one night to a dream where that product existed, maybe I would have gone down that path, but yeah. but that never happened. Well, so you, you led with the, the path of least resistance, quote unquote, which was your passion of like, hey, I've I've had these, these experiences and these pains with hiring. And so you said, okay, I know that there's a demand for that. And I know I had a personal challenge with it. And I want to share like what I've I've learned from it. You mentioned in the beginning, uh, you spent like $5,000 on, on the software. So uh, is that is that like the MVP? Is that what you said? Hey, I got to get this software done to be able to make this idea idea valid and to test this business model? Yeah. I mean, the software got, came together pretty quick. We're yeah. talking like a week or two. So wow. we're not talking months. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, so our right now there's a WordPress site. If you go to freeup.com, that's the outside WordPress site. And if you go to actually log in or create an account, that takes you to what we call our time clock, which mm-hmm. is in Node. So it's, a, it's all a custom built software. So Connor built the WordPress site. He knows WordPress and he's gotten better at it over the years. But then we hired a developer that coded in Node and JavaScript and all that to, mm-hmm. to build that backend portal that people can log in and log out of. And there's a admin side, there's a freelancer side, there's a client side, and they all kind of work together in different ways. And I mean, now it does all crazy stuff. There's a whole ticketing system. People put in requests on the admin side, like we can tag different things and move, add people and remove people and change rates. And um, the, the referral program is there. So if you refer other people, you get 50 cents for every hour we build with them forever and you can wow. track your referrals in there. So there's a lot of complicated stuff going on there now, but all that stuff is fairly recent. Back in the day, it was just a few features. Wow. And so you, you mentioned that like focusing on the software was a big thing for you. Um, like that you said, okay, we got to really master this software thing. Like when, when did that decision really like hold and, and like take hold and say, now it's, it's really time. Yeah. Somewhere around year, like 1.5 ish to two. And yeah. we're only at, we're almost at the end of year four. We have a few months to go. So yeah. it hasn't been too, too long. Yeah. But it, but it, like how fast you've grown is just awesome, man. What would you attribute the rate at which you've grown to? Like, what would you say are the biggest uh, catalyst for that and biggest strengths? Yeah. So three things that have been the key, and I encourage people to apply these in their business. One is we created a referral program early on, right from the beginning. That was probably one of my best business decisions. You get 50 cents for every hour. We build them forever. It's a freelancer, same thing, as many hours they build forever. And all of a sudden people are, they had a good experience or talking about us at conferences in Japan and, mm-hmm. and all the, around the world. And, and people are, are just spreading the word about us. And, and that's just a great way to get off the ground. And I think some people, it's funny you ask that because I was talking to some guy today who had a referral program. He's like, oh, I'm going to give everyone that refers someone a free month. And I was like, okay, well, if that was you, are you going to go around like telling people about your service for a free month? It's like, no, it's got to be something residual that makes yep. sense that people are going to want to keep talking about you. So having a good referral program was key. Mm-hmm. Um, second was podcast. You mentioned before, I've, I've gone on a lot of podcasts. And it's kind of been a, a big focus of mine. It's, I think it's a great way to have awesome conversations, to network and meet people, um, which leads to other connections. But it's also just a great way to get in front of thousands of, of your ideal. Wow, did you hear that thunder? Yeah, it was loud, man. <laughs> um, thousands of, of your ideal audience at, at once. So that's mm-hmm. been huge. I mean, people, it, it's good for SEO too. It directs people back to your site and all that. Yep, yep. And then the last thing is strategic partners. Same thing really as the podcast. We work with Seller Labs, for example. They mm-hmm. don't do what we do. We don't do what they do. They're an Amazon software company. Their whole audience is Amazon sellers. So 
they're, they're, those people need to hire. The people that use us need to use our software. They write for our blog. We write for their blog. We blast each other in newsletters. We do podcasts and YouTube videos together. And finding those strategic partners, again, just a great way to get in front of thousands and thousands of your ideal customers very quickly. Mm, so great, man. And then you launched your own podcast as well. Um, tell us a little bit more about what has been some of the greatest benefits of that for, for you guys, for your company, for yourself. So it's only about five months old, wow. <laughs> but we've had some awesome guests. We had um, Ryan Moran of Capitalism. We had uh, Roland Frazier. We've had a bunch of awesome people. Um, it, it's kind of the same reason that going on podcasts is good. It's good to, to, to network. It's good to kind of build your authority as well. Yeah. Um, great for just partnerships and backlinks and, and all that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting. It's something that I think took up a lot of my second quarter. Mm. <laughs> I think when, when Connor and I met for the third quarter meeting, we were like, what just happened? Like, what did we even do this quarter? And it was so much just getting that, getting that off the plate. And mm. I think it also it represented a challenge just in, in my scheduling. So at first mm. I was like, all right, I have a podcast. Who wants to book? And all of a sudden my calendar just get packed and I'm recording <laughs> four episodes a day. And I'm like, all right, this is crazy. I, at some point, at some point I have to work on free up. So trying to figure out like creating my calendar. So it's like, all right, people can only book in the morning and, mm. and, uh, and client calls go at this time. And this is my work time and kind of restructuring it. Um, that's been an experience. And, and then it becomes like, how much, how much work do I actually want to do? And at the end of the day, it's, I want to show up. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I want to yeah. show up. I want to record. And then at the end of it, I want someone to grab that email from zoom and edit it and put it into iTunes and do all that for me. Because at the end of the day, if that stuff starts building up and I'm the only one that can do it, that we're only going to go so far. So yeah. creating that, that system and process was important too. Wow. That's gold, man. This is, this is really great. I want to talk about um, the next generation. What do you think needs to like kids growing up, youth growing up, what do they need to know about uh, entrepreneurship, the way you see the world evolving? What, what advice would you give them, man? So I think in certain situations, school is, is fantastic. If you're going to be a nurse, a doctor, whatever, whatever it is, go for it. That's all you. For me personally, I think I could have gone without a lot of the years of school. I mm -hmm. think that I have this great college degree back here. I got Dean's List every semester, never used it. Not a, <laughs> not a, a great ROI there, although I wouldn't trade those years for anything. I had a fantastic time. I met lifelong friends. I learned a lot about myself, all that kind of stuff. So mm. just, just don't let people tell you what that path is. If you have a strict parent that's telling you, hey, you have to get straight A's in school, Figure out what you, what you actually want. Obviously, you shouldn't just flunk out of school and become homeless and, and regret that for the rest of your life. But there, there's there's some in between there. There's some ex way to experiment and really take risks when you're younger. I mean, yeah. when I graduated, I had a college degree and I had a business, and then I got to choose which one I wanted to do. And if the business failed, I could go back to the college degree. So mm -hmm. ma make sure that you're trying lots of different things that you're putting yourself out there and. You never know when you're going to end up selling baby products and starting freelancer marketplaces. And, and you never know like what crazy direction you're going to go to. Because if you asked me 10 years ago, if I'd be doing these or those things that I wouldn't have believed you, you know? What, what, so that, that process of evolution, like what happened, like who did you become in the process to like be the CEO of free up and be, you know, like serving so many people, like how did you change as a human being? Um, yeah, it's funny. I don't think there was ever a moment where like that light switch just went off. And like the next day I was a different person. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of mentioned the, the, when I got that brutal feedback and even that it, it took another six months to a year to, to really develop and, and get better at those things. To me, it, it's about making small improvements every day. I mean, mm -hmm. I think back to my first podcast I went on, I was scared on my mind. I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing. My dog's scared of thunders. So you can probably hear him in the background. Um, <laughs> no idea what I'm doing, but the next podcast, I got a little bit better. The next podcast, mm. I got a little bit better. And it's the same thing with, with social media. I mean, I made social media posts and they bombed and they got no comments and no responses. And and then the other day I was at some conference and they're like, Nate, like, how'd you learn how to be so good at social media? I'm like, mm. I have no idea. I just kind of <laughs> put stuff online and I tweak it and I adjust to what, what people are saying and what the market is and, yep. and, and try to figure it out. So and there's a certain element of just getting slowly and slowly better over time at all parts of your business. And I think that's really more what it's about than just like these drastic changes. Because yeah, if you look at me today versus three years ago, versus three years ago, versus three years ago, it's, it's way different. But if you go on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm still the same person, you know? Yeah, that's powerful, man. Uh, I want to give some final piece of wisdom around scaling. Is there anything that we haven't touched yet, touched on yet that you feel our audience really needs to know about it? 
Yeah, I mean, hiring's hard. No one has a, a 100% hiring record, right? It just mm. doesn't exist. You're going to make mistakes. There's going to be stuff out there. But at the same time, if you want to scale your business, hiring is the only way to do it. There's very few solo $1 million a year, $5 million a year entrepreneurs out there. Those don't really exist either. So the, the people that do it in the 60 to 80% range, opposed to the people that do it in the 20 to 40% range, and I'm talking about percentage hiring-wise success mm-hmm. rate, um, those are the people that have success. And the world is full of great entrepreneurs with good ideas that just couldn't hire a team, that couldn't take it to the next level, that at some point hit that ceiling. And it's also full of entrepreneurs that had mediocre ideas at best. I mean, how many marketing agencies are there? But they hired a really good team. And because of that, they were able to accelerate and grow and expand. So I think a lot of times people go to school for marketing and finance and, and bookkeeping and all that stuff. But if you can't hire, None of that stuff really matters. Wow. Dude, gold. I love it. So, Nathan, let's tell people how they can stay connected. Remind us of the Facebook group and what are their next steps, man? Um, yeah. So, go to Outsourcing Masters. That's my Facebook group. I go to freeup.com with three E's. Mention this Facebook Live. Get a $25 credit to try us out. Um, my calendar is right at the top. You can check out all our content, our book, our blog, our podcast, and all that stuff. And I'm probably one of the easiest people to contact. So, so feel free to reach out to me. I'm on social media or email or any channel. Um, and I look forward to helping you any way that I can. I love it, man. Dude, you're just like real, giving the value, showing up, kicking butt, taking names. I love it, Nate. I appreciate you, man. Everyone listening or watching, go check out freeup.com. That's F-R-E-E-E-U-P.com. And uh, send Nate a message. Let him know what you got from this interview because he's doing great, great things. And Nate, I appreciate you being here, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. It, it, it's funny. I usually I'm I'm very high energy, and I was worried going today because I just got back from my second bachelor party in three weeks. So I've been wow. like staying up till five a.m. Like, <laughs> and like right before this, I was like I chugged a coffee, and I'm like, all right, like if I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go all in, and I'm happy. I'm happy I survived, and now I'm gonna go take a much needed power nap. <laughs> you crushed it, man. You crushed it. Thank you so much. My my audience is gonna love it, man. So keep up the heat, brother, and uh, keep keep sharing this message, okay? Yeah, great. Had a great time and we'll talk soon. Awesome, brother. We'll see you soon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow, and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.